Salutations! Welcome to Pod Mortem. I'm Travis Hunter, joined as always by my co-host, my sister, and my brother-in-law. Hi, I'm Renee Hunter-Vasquez. Hi, I'm John Paul Vasquez. This week, we're broadcasting live from Willard Medical Center, discussing the 1968 horror classic, Night of the Living Dead. The film was written and directed by the iconic George A. Romero in his feature directorial debut. Not only did the film possess intelligent social commentary, albeit somewhat accidentally, it also single-handedly created the modern zombie subgenre of horror and pioneered many of the tropes we see as commonplace today. While the film had incredible commercial success upon its release, it received quite a lashing from critics over its graphic content. Since then, the critical reception has softened tremendously, with many considering the film to be a groundbreaking moment for the horror genre and one of the most culturally significant films of all time. This film was suggested to us by friend of the show Holly Bryan, and we'd like to thank her both for her support and this suggestion. So, Night of the Living Dead, what were your first impressions on the film? I remember watching this as a kid. Yeah? But I don't remember it. Really? Just like, I know I've seen it, but I yeah, I remember bits and pieces of it. So watching it this time was like pretty much fresh. Like a uh, brand new film? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I liked it. I thought it was good. It was different from what I remember, but in a good way. That's good. Uh, <laughs> Better than being like, this shit sucks. No, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, it, it has its things, the, but... It's, there are some things that are... I don't want to say dated because I feel like we've watched films that were made in the 90s that felt more dated than this. That's yeah, fair. Which is pretty surprising. But what did you think of it? I know we watched it when we were kids, mm -hmm. but I don't really remember it, remember it either. Like, I remember the story and I remember moments, definitely, but like watching it was almost like watching it for the first time again. I agree. I think what was odd for me was that I was kind of clouded by my memory of the remake. Yeah. From yeah, 1990. And I think that we watched that one first as kids. I don't think that I really appreciated the original until this time around. Right. Because I know that when we rewatched the original as a kid, I was like, but where's the gore? Because the 90s one was in my head. And yeah. so it's so different. Well, and it's black and white and it's... Yeah, you just, you don't yeah. have the, I don't know if it's the capacity or whatever to have yeah. the respect for it, but I loved it. Yeah. No, it's it's a great movie and you can see like the groundwork that it laid yeah. and like oh, yeah. everything that came after it. You can see it in this movie. Yeah. It's pretty unbelievable. Uh, this is... Not the first zombie movie. Right. I think a lot of people consider White Zombie from 1932 as the first zombie movie. And then you had movies like King of the Zombies and even Plan 9 from Outer Space that had zombies in it. But this is the first movie that kind of gives you the ground rules of yeah. what you think of zombies today. Yeah. You have to destroy their brain. They eat flesh. All this stuff came from this movie. There they was, like, that they was gather in groups. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like it all... The zombies that we know today started here. Yeah. I know it's not the first zombie movie, but it's kind of the first. Yeah. Basically, I mean, what we think of zombies. <laughs> yeah. They were typically like a product of like voodoo and stuff. Just like catatonic yeah. zombies. Which honestly, the stuff they did with the voodoo, uh, borderline <laughs> racist. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as was everything else at of that the time. Yeah. <laughs> In all fairness. But this was the first movie where... The origins weren't explicitly explained. And again... Yeah, it's really not. Yeah. How do you have a zombie movie in the past where they're not eating flesh? It's hard to even comprehend yeah. that. But 
George Romero, John Russo, and the gang really knocked it out of the park and created something that not only stood the test of time, but influenced everything that came after it. Definitely. There would be no Walking Dead. No. (laughs) You know? What's interesting, too, is the Walking Dead TV show, obviously, Mm -hmm. based the movement of their zombies off of this movie specifically. That's incredible. They have to they wanted all of their zombies to move at this speed and to like have the same gait as the zombies from the original Night of the Living Dead, which I thought was I mean, that's pretty cool. I think we can all agree that the Walking Dead went pretty far off the rails and jumped just about every shark. But yes, like their roots on. Obviously, were pure. Yeah. Just to think that pop culture would not be the same. No, not at all. If it wasn't for George Romero's Night of the Living Dead. Now, before we destroy the brain of this film, we'd like to issue a warning for spoilers. Podmortem is a very in-depth podcast, and in thoroughly discussing horror films, we have no choice but to spoil a thing or two. If you don't wish to be spoiled, please go watch the film, then come back and enjoy the show. If you've already seen the film or don't care about spoilers, let's board ourselves in. So the film opens with a shot of a winding road with a car off in the distance. And it's all accompanied by pretty ominous music. And the credits are displayed as we see the car getting closer to the camera. Right. As we said, the film's in black and white, which I read was due to a low budget. And personally, I love that the film is in black and white now. Looking at it, I couldn't imagine it otherwise. Being in color. Yeah. They have made some colorized versions of the movie, and they've released them, and I almost feel like it's a little blasphemous. I've never seen that. I don't even know how that would look. I've seen some stills, and it... It feels I, yeah, wrong. I did too. I didn't see it like yeah. moving, but I'd seen the pictures and it looks funny. Uh, <laughs> it just looks just... wrong because you're so used to, you know. I think you can go the other way with it and it's fine, but no. it looks too cartoony. You can't go back. Yeah. Interestingly, the majority of the music in this movie was taken from other films and TV shows and it wasn't composed for the movie itself. I just noticed how like dramatic <laughs> it was. Yeah, the music is, music is crazy as fuck. Yeah. Like for a <laughs> And I'm not 100% sure that it fits. All the time, no. I mean, I read that most of it came from B science fiction movies. And once you know that, you're like, no wonder it sounds so spacey you can see it. and yeah. otherworldly. But taking the soundtrack from other movies is basically George Romero pulling a Tarantino before Tarantino. Right. He blazed those <laughs> trails for a lot of stuff. Yeah. So over the opening credits, we see the car make its way to a cemetery. Inside the car is Barbara, played by Judith O'Day. And Johnny, played by Russell Striner, who also produced the film. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's funny how much the cast did stuff behind the scenes. And we'll get into that even well, more. Well, with the budget that small, yeah. I'm sure yeah. it came with the territory. It's pretty crazy. And it also is kind of inspiring. Yeah. Because these people just went to Pittsburgh and made a movie. You know what I mean? And it became this. Yeah. I remember reading Judith O'Day said that she never in her wildest dreams thought that this movie would become what it did. Well, would you? No. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. But apparently they're brother and sister, and they drove three hours to place a wreath on their father's grave at their mother's request. And Johnny is not about it. (laughs) No, he's complaining the whole time. Before he gets out of the car, though, the radio kicks on, and the announcer says that they're getting back on the air after some technical difficulties, but Johnny just switches it off. Yes. Now, in retrospect, you'd be like, you idiot, listen, right? Yeah. But, I mean, the statement wasn't that bad. It was kind of innocuous, you know? Yeah, but if the radio, even when there's weather things, on the radio I'll tell the Everyone's kids like, and yeah, like, just a second I yeah, just like, sure. hold on let me see what's happening <laughs> and this they were just like yeah. <laughs> he's like I can't bitch with the radio no, on no listen to me <laughs> so 
Barbara and Johnny walk through the cemetery trying to find their father's grave, arguing like siblings do, over nothing, and then they finally stumble upon it. So Johnny lays a wreath on the grave, and then he comes off like a cheap bastard, and he's... (laughs) Like saying, do we really have to buy a wreath every year? He's like, people probably just take it and clean it and then just sell it off. Resell it every year. Which I, is I, I put the same thing. I was like, cheap ass dude. Yeah, man. like, are like, you kidding damn. me? This is George Costanza. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't understand. And it's one wreath a year. <laughs> For What's your father. Cost? Yeah, <laughs> it's your father. Also, as they were walking towards the grave, one of the shots was completely out of focus. <laughs> I don't think it was intentional, but it's honestly like... We'll call it intentional. So Barbara kneels down to pray at her father's grave, and Johnny's like, save it for church, basically. (laughs) But then he doesn't get the response that he wanted, so he says, save it for church. Again, he (laughs) says it twice. (laughs) He's like, "Uh, you didn't hear me or what? I'm trying to piss you off. Don't you get it? But he looks around and he sees a man in a suit off in the distance that's slowly walking towards them. He doesn't think much of it. And then he shares the story of how, I guess, when they were children, they came to the cemetery. So I don't know how long their father has been passed. But he says that Barbara used to be really afraid of the cemetery when they were kids. And she's like, (laughs) not wanting to hear it. She's like, don't bring me back there. (laughs) In her odd transatlantic accent. The entire movie, I don't understand. it's, It's a whole lot it's yeah. very theatrical and i know you have a lot to say about barbara I got a lot to say about <laughs> good we, old barb i do as we get into it but he starts to antagonize her with the classic line they're coming to get you barbara and she's, she's like so great she's yeah. like you're, you're ignorant, ignorant. <laughs> <laughs> i literally wrote that down it's so ridiculous <laughs> ignorant it's yeah it's so classic though it's but it's so funny it is pretty ridiculous And so Barbara's obviously not down for it. The man that Johnny saw earlier, who we realize now is dressed in a pretty damaged suit. Yeah. Is shambling a little closer to them. And Johnny jokes that he is specifically after Barbara and fucking takes off. (laughs) Yeah, I... He just left his sister. Yeah. He's just like, oh, you don't know this guy. He's just, he's dirty. He's coming along at you. Yeah. It's like, all right. See ya. Yeah. I, see you in the car. <laughs> I think that's off. the thing is that you don't know that he's a zombie yet, but he's you're already a, like, later. No, a yeah. random ass dude. I, nay, I would not leave you. Well, thank in the you. Yeah, <laughs> even if it was just some random guy, you don't just like, all right, later. <laughs> no. So Barbara keeps walking really slowly. Like she doesn't even really pay the guy any mind. But he actually catches up to her and he fucking grabs her once he gets close enough. It like comes out of nowhere. It really does. Well, she was walking like she was just on a Sunday stroll (laughs) after she got the shit scared out of her. But Johnny runs back to get the man off of her. He snaps into action. Mm -hmm. He does. I got to give him some credit here for all the shit we talked (laughs) earlier. He starts to struggle with the man. The struggle is admittedly hilarious. Yeah. It's it, it makes me think kind of of the old Star Trek shows when Kirk would like <laughs> fight an fair. alien. <laughs> I think if you look at the closing credits and fight choreography, it would just be the shrug emoji. Right. <laughs> I don't know. But he falls to the ground in like the ensuing struggle with the man, and he hits his head very slightly on a tombstone. But I guess it's enough to kill him. Apparently. But the whole time Barbara's just watching, like no, no yeah, she does yeah. jump in there, sis. Yeah. Like She's you like, can help. No, I trust Johnny can kick some ass. <laughs> <laughs> but the other thing is that during this whole time, the sounds of the struggle are clearly piped in. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> like you hear sounds of leaves and stuff, but it's not matching their movements no, yeah. at all. <laughs> but after Johnny, I guess, is murdered. <laughs> 
the man looks up at Barbara and she sprints away and he gives a very slow chase and Barbara does the standard horror movie fall, which I don't, maybe at the time it was the first time that that was done. Right. Who knows? I do appreciate her kicking off her heels. She does. Because that's real life shit. Like, that's the first thing you would do. to oh. get. She, and she's hoofing it, dude. Yeah. She isn't playing, you know, she isn't trying to do like a cute little no. final girl run. She's fucking running her ass off. Get the hell out Barbara of there. was on the track team in high school. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know this shit. Uh, so after she falls, she gets up, continues running. She eventually gets back to the car gets inside, and locks the doors. The man catches up with her, and he bangs on the window for a really long time. <laughs> yeah, I thought that looked really funny. Yeah, was, uh, it's like, okay, cut. Yeah, a... <laughs> but after, I guess he's not getting the reaction that he wants, he goes to the other side of the car, and he does the same. Then, which is not typical zombie behavior, he grabs a fucking brick. Yeah. These are smart zombies. Yes. Yeah. But he makes short work of the window with the brick. And Barbara screams, as did I, because I'm like, I didn't know oh, they could do that. No. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you're not supposed to be able yeah, to do no, that. Clearly, you're supposed to keep banging. As a trope, they've been dumbed down because uh, yeah. they like are using shit for tools. Like, yeah. And honestly, maybe I, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I kind of prefer the dumber zombie. I don't like the idea of a zombie being able to use tools and shit. Yeah, <laughs> so much worse. No, yeah. You we should... don't stand a chance. No. And that comes up later in the film quite a few times. Yeah. Like, oh shit, they mean business. You guys can do that? <laughs> yeah. George Romero actually said in an interview that he didn't initially consider these monsters to be zombies, which might be why it's never mentioned in the film. They're never called zombies. Right. Not once. It's either ghouls. Those things. Yeah. The thing I was wondering too is why didn't he go back and eat Johnny? He got the knockout and I he don't just left know. him there. That's a really That's good question. True. Yeah, he just left him there and he just didn't. It's like, well, the audience doesn't know that yet. Yeah, right. <laughs> we can't have <laughs> him jumping at us. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, we honestly, see him no, there. No, you're totally yeah. right. And that thought like, didn't oh. even occur to me. Like, yeah, he's like, well, I'll chase her <laughs> yeah, now. <right. laughs> It's like, I need to know I'm safe before I start eating. <laughs> I mean, would you like to eat a meal if fucking oh, yeah, <laughs> there's right. another She's meal? <laughs> Just across the running way. Running around. A potentially tastier yeah. meal. Who knows? I don't know what they like. So Barbara hits the brakes release and she rolls down the hill in the car and she turns back onto the road and she's eventually stopped when the car hits a tree. Right. I read on IMDb that the car actually belonged to Russell Striner's mother. And at some point during filming, someone fucked up the car, which is where it got that dent on the side. Oh, yeah. oh no. Yeah, because that didn't look. No, it didn't look didn't, like it did. Yeah, it. that didn't match that hit. At all. Uh, no, at all. Yeah, it should have been no, just scraped. Yeah. But George Romero's like, we can use that. Right. And so that's oh, why. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Tell your mom, I'm sorry. <laughs> but that's why it hits the tree is because they're like, I guess we got to use it. But she looks out the back window and she sees the man is still shuffling after her. So she bails out and again runs her ass off. Yeah, she does. She eventually sees a farmhouse nearby. That's really far away. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is. But she makes her way to it and the man's still on her trail. Mm-hmm. But she finds an open door and runs inside and shuts it behind her. So she begins to explore the house a little bit and she grabs a knife to protect herself as she's like sneaking around. She enters a room with a lot of hunting trophies on the wall. And the yeah, music yeah, gets... Yeah, like, that was weird. Well, it gets really dramatic. With, it shows each trophy. Yeah, I wonder... Like they're the alive, yeah. like coming after her. And honestly, I don't remember her reaction being as dramatic as the music. She's just like, oh, I guess they hunt yeah. here. <laughs> like, whatever. 
So she looks out the window and she sees the man making his way around looking for her. And so she shuts the drapes and then she picks up the phone to call for help. But the lion is dead. And when she realizes that the lion is dead, she reacts in disappointment. But at the level of like a silent film. Yes. Like, did you notice that? I told your sister that too. I said uh, about a little bit after about halfway out. Or or at this part, I was like, Mm -hmm. this is kind of like a silent film. It absolutely feels like a silent film. Because at some parts, you don't hear anything but the music and you just see them. And it's like, what's what's happening? And it's not bad. It's no, not no, done not in a all. bad way. No, but, but it totally like, has that feel. Yeah. Like, undeniably. And her reaction there was honestly like <laughs> at a 150. Yeah. <laughs> I think everything she did was. Like, she was very over the top. <laughs> she was. She was either too over the top or too under the top. But, we'll, I mean, we'll talk yeah. more. But uh, another reason I was like, well, she's probably reacting quietly because she might not know if somebody's in the house. I'm trying to give her the benefit of the doubt. Right. You're kind of shaking your head like... Mm. Because I, I just don't like her, but <laughs> but you could be right. Uh, so she looks out another window, and it's suddenly nighttime. Did you notice that? Oh, you're right. Yeah. Like, between no, like, yeah. the span of like 30 seconds, it's nighttime. You're totally right. And so at this time, though, she sees two other men approaching the original man, and they're shambling as well, and none of the three men regard each other at all. They're just kind of like, we're here, we don't have to talk, we're... Yeah. We have a common goal. I don't know you, we're going to eat these people, <laughs> all right? You're hungry too? Sweet. Come on. It's inside, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she heads upstairs, but at the top of the stairs, she sees a corpse that looks pretty skeletal yeah. and gruesome, specifically for 1968. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, me personally, after this guy is like, he comes after her. He's not talking. It's like a mindless, like there's no negotiating with him. Right. No. Then you look out and there's more acting the exact same way. And then you look upstairs and you find this corpse. I literally would not want to be in this house anymore. I would feel like the world was actually yes. ending. So I would be who, so confused. Who did this? Like, yeah. what no, else is yeah, in here? Yeah, I, right. I would not feel safe there at all. And she does bail out pretty soon. But I did want to make mention of something before we continue with the plot. I was reading about how the film was released in October of 1968. And the Motion Picture Association of America, the MPAA, who rates films and right. gives them, you know, PG-13, R, whatever... They didn't come into effect until November of Is that 1968. Why it's not rated? Yes. Oh, wow. And so I didn't know that. Literal, I always wondered that. Yeah, and it explains why you hear all these stories about literal children buying tickets to this oh. movie oh, and getting right, the absolute right. shit scared. <laughs> <laughs> and we were raised on horror, and we saw the remake before the original, so watching this film as a child wouldn't really be all that bothersome. Yeah. But imagine if you've never seen anything like this in your entire yeah. fucking life. And then this is what you go watch at the movies. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, it's called Night of the Living Dead, I think. And then you're, you see the corpse and you're like, ah! And you're traumatized. Yeah. Um, I read George Romero designed that corpse himself. That's cool. And its eyes are ping pong balls. That's even cooler. <laughs> So, as we said, she decides to bail out of the house at this point, even though she knows at least three men are outside. Mm -hmm. But she throws the door open and is blinded by the headlights of a vehicle. And so she kind of shields her eyes a little bit. And then suddenly there's a man standing directly in front of her. It's Ben, played by Dwayne Jones. And Ben rushes Barbara back inside and locks the door behind them. He tries to calm her down a little bit, but 
says that there's going to be a lot more of the zombies outside if they realize that they're in the house. And so he says that his basically the how he ended up here is his truck ran out of gas and he noticed that there's a gas pump outside. And basically, if they can find the keys for the pump, they can get the hell out of there. And then Ben also tries the phone and with no luck. But this whole time, Barbara has left the chat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's Jeez. checked out. She's gone. Again, as we've talked about in past episodes, this is what I feel to be another and probably one of the more, aside from Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho, earliest examples of the false protagonist. Because I thought Barbara was going to be the main character the entire movie, and then Ben comes out of nowhere, and then he is clearly the main character. Yes. Right. Also, just a little behind the scenes on this is the character of Ben was originally written as like a gruff truck driver. And then when Dwayne Jones, yeah, uh, Dwayne Jones auditioned for it. And he's a very clearly a very intelligent person. He almost he comes off like an academic. Yeah, he does. And he just blew them away with his audition. So they gave him the part. And he actually rewrote a lot of his own dialogue to fit more with what he felt would be the Ben he wanted to portray. Which that's is pretty, awesome. You know, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And I read a lot of the dialogue in this movie is improvised. <laughs> I can I see w- that. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I can see that. We haven't mentioned it, but Dwayne Jones, who plays Ben, was African-American. And this is actually the first film where an African-American person was cast in a lead role and the role was not written specifically for an African-American person. Which is amazing. It's a pretty amazing mm-hmm. thing. A very, Especially in 1960. Yeah. Exactly. Very important moment in history and film history. And also to give this film props for not rewriting it to yes. yeah. cater to or to disparage either way his right. race. Or try to, mm-hmm. because there's a lot of conflict that comes later on. Where that could have very racism easily, could very yes, easily have yeah. been kind of used and abused as a trope. Mm-hmm. They were very wise not to. But Ben follows Barbara to the staircase because she kind of just wanders out of the room. <sighs> and he also catches a glimpse of the corpse that's upstairs. And he's basically like, we got to get the fuck out of mm-hmm. here. So he goes to scavenge the house for some supplies before they leave. And <laughs> Barbara looks up. She notices some blood dripping down from the stairs, and then some of it hits her hand, and she kind of freaks out a little bit. I don't know why this happened. I don't either. Yeah. The blood was really loud, dude. It was yeah, very loud. No, yeah. It was louder than the music, and that's saying a lot. <laughs> so after she gets some blood in her hand, she rushes over to Ben, who I'm assuming she hopes has some Purell or <laughs> something. Uh, ben seems to be much more in the know about what's going on. So Barbara's asking him, like, what is happening out there? But before he can answer, they hear a noise outside, and it's the zombies, for some reason, vandalizing <laughs> Ben's truck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't see, like, there's not people in the car. This is, again, what I'm talking about with these zombies just yeah. being kind of fucking assholes. <laughs> he knocks out his, his the light, yeah, yeah. the headlight, for no reason. It's like, try getting out of here yeah, with this. Yeah, right, you can't yeah. see without a light. Yeah, we know what nighttime <laughs> yeah. is. It's like, you're a fucking zombie. Yes. How the, the hell? Fuck? So, like we said, after they smash out the headlights, this is when Ben gets mad. (laughs) And he's like, look, I can take two zombies. So he goes outside and he handles some business, dude. But he spends a lot of time on He does. I don't know if he had a personal vendetta against that first zombie. (laughs) Like it's my teacher he's fucking bash. When he's telling her the front door is open the entire time. It is. Yeah. And I was like, so you're telling me since he's been in there, that front door's been open. (laughs) They're they're still trying to feel the process. We're like, we look, this is our first zombie apocalypse. They're they're figuring it out. (laughs) Exactly. 
So, like we said, he clubs one over the head with a tire iron, and he takes way too long to kill it. And then he gets accosted by another one, and so he irons some things out with him, too. Yeah, he fucks those zombies <laughs> up, though. He does. <laughs> It's quite surprising what they do in this film as far as the gore is concerned. Yeah. I read that Tom Savini was supposed to be the guy that did the makeup for this film. Oh, man. And interestingly, I believe Tom Savini couldn't do this film because he had to go to Vietnam. And I think he was a photojournalist in Vietnam, if I'm not it's, mistaken. It's like Tom Savini is a fucking vampire. Dude, I don't. He, <laughs> I love that dude. No, He's yeah. amazing. Sex machine. He, <laughs> sex machine. It's just unbelievable everything that he does He's and has done. But. As we all know, Tom Savini did come back. He did all the makeup for Dawn of the Dead with George Romero, Day mm-hmm. of the Dead, Creep Show, and then he eventually directed the remake of this film. Yeah, which was written the screenplay. He wrote a new screenplay for the remake. George Romero did, <laughs> but the makeup in this movie was done by other people, obviously, and it actually came out pretty good for the time. No, it looks really good. So inside the house, while Ben's outside handling his business, a zombie that oddly looks like <sighs> Ted Raimi. <laughs> <laughs> But is actually played by the film's co-writer, John Russo, lumbers over to Barbara. Barbara just sits there as all this is happening. And Ben is like a fucking superhero. Yeah, he He swoops in, swoops in, fucking moves her to the side. And then he jams the tire iron right into the zombie's brain. And then he retreats for a moment. But then he notices the door is still wide open (laughs) and the zombies are headed straight for it. So he jabs the closest zombie to the face with a tire iron. And the zombie grabs his face like it hurts. Yeah, <laughs> he, does. he does. I did notice that. that a few of the zombies yeah, are like, do, yeah. do shit. Again, this is not typical zombie behavior. They do not feel pain. But he jabs him back with enough force to kind of push all the zombies back. And then he shuts and locks the door. The wound, again, with the Ted Raimi zombie looks pretty looks great. really cool. I read that since the film was in black and white, they used a wide variety of things to be blood. Right. And some of the things they used, according to Mental Floss, they used everything from red ink to George Costanza's favorite Bosco chocolate <laughs> syrup. <laughs> I read that they used a lot of chocolate syrup. These zombies were delicious Jeez. by the end of it. <laughs> also in this scene, I realized that some of the zombies just flat out look like dudes. Yeah. Like the makeup is so minimal that it's almost like there's none at all. Yeah. Well, I had read that they just used like locals around to play the right. zombies. And like, I don't know if they were doing the makeup themselves, but like it was <laughs> purposefully minimal. I guess since the shit is just barely starting, I don't know. <laughs> the other thing I was thinking was what if they just made them pale faced and then they moved the movie black and white and you can't see anybody. Yeah. Right. You know? Oh, that's that true. <laughs> that would suck. But Barbara takes a look at the Ted Raimi zombie and Ben's like, don't look at it. And he drags it outside and he watches as other zombies approach him, but he lights a match and sets Ted Raimi on fire. The other zombies retreat in fear as Ben goes back inside and blocks the door. They don't like fire. No. Yeah. (laughs) Another thing that's definitely good to know. Their only weakness. Yeah. (laughs) It's some Frankenstein Uh, shit, dude. uh... Honestly. As much as they created their own, they kind of took a lot from horror conventions of the past as well. Yeah. You got some stuff from Frankenstein. Uh, George Romero said he took a lot from Richard Matheson's I Am Legend. Oh, wow. And so there's a lot of influences and there's a lot of influencing going on in this movie. But after the zombies retreat, he goes back inside and blocks the door. He turns on the lights and he gathers some tools and tells Barbara to find some wood so they can board the place up. (laughs) 
Barbara is still, for some reason, giving the silent treatment. Yeah, she's like scared silly. Like, like there is nothing yeah. coming out of this woman. It's yeah, so you, weird. I know you did not appreciate no. No, her. No, not being... at all. Because it's like she was, she ran her ass off. She got to the house. She's walking around investigating, trying to figure it out. And then it's like, oh, a man's here? I don't need to think anymore. She just shuts <laughs> down, stops talking. Like, it's, it's very frustrating. <laughs> as great as it is to see an African-American man at this time in history fucking kicking ass and leading everything yeah you would like to see her also kind of be at least something. have a brain you yeah, know at least, like, yeah i guess they couldn't do everything somehow, but do yeah like, God we can't it, like, we uh... can't help <laughs> everything <laughs> but the, the thing is is that in the original version of the script barbara was much more of a badass and so they changed it because they really liked judith o'day's portrayal of barbara and so they fixed it more to be what we see on screen versus her kind of being as badass as Ben. Well, that's a bummer. Yeah. And we'll maybe cover it someday, but it's something that they corrected, potentially overcorrected in the nah, remake. Corrected. <laughs> so Ben gets real close to her and he calmly tells her they need to board up the place and wait for help to arrive, but that he needs her help to do it. This is where I was like, what the fuck? Okay, because Barbara goes to the other room where she's supposed to be collecting wood and she just stops to play with a music box. Yep. Which is definitely helping. It was really Are weird. Are you kidding? No. Like, is this supposed to show some I, type of regression? That's look, all I was thinking. Like, God, like, Look, I, I get it. Some shit's on. going on you've never seen before. You don't know what the fuck's going on. But to, like, just shut down and just kill me. Yeah, you honestly. You know what I mean? If that's it, just and if I'm, throw me away. If I'm Ben, I'm like, fuck me, dude. I got <laughs> yeah. you. Are you fucking Everybody kidding me? Everybody in the world that I can't Yeah, exactly. who I got stuck with. <laughs> just my luck. But she eventually stops. I guess the song ends and she's like, well, that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait. She, she, <laughs> Shit's going down. Yeah. She brings Ben some kindling. Three pieces. Three yeah. pieces. She's like, I'm helping. <laughs> And Ben's like, an avocado. Thanks. (laughs) But she sets them down and she helps him board up some doors and windows. I say help loosely because, again, it's 98% Ben, 2% Barbara. (laughs) She's not even being moral support. No. (laughs) She's not even like, you can do it, Ben. Uh, Nothing. I, I did notice a lot of the times when they put stuff on the doors or on the windows, uh-huh. the, the boards just stick and he's just nailing them. It's <laughs> yeah. like, who, nobody's holding that other side. Yeah. No. <laughs> How's it just sticking up there already? They stuck the door and they're like, action. <laughs> they're magic boards. Exactly. Hey, if zombies exist, I, just I, thought, I, I just thought it looked funny. No, because every hilarious. time he would do it, I was like, How, who's holding that? Because <laughs> he's just nailing. Yeah, he's just nailing and just staying there. <laughs> So Ben kind of starts to give her the skinny on the zombies, starting with the fact that they're afraid of fire, which we've already seen. He tells her that he found his truck down the road by Beatland's diner. And when he got inside the truck to listen to the radio, he saw a giant truck barreling down the road and eventually colliding with gas pumps, which resulted in a bonfire. And he noticed that all the zombies in the surrounding area started backing away from the truck. So again, some Frankenstein shit. Right. Yeah. So the story ends by Ben saying that he plowed through the crowd of zombies with his truck and they didn't even move. I thought the monologue was pretty theatrical. Right. Very theatrical. And Dwayne Jones did come from a theater background, so it you makes sense. Tell. But it's really good. Yeah. And I don't know if it's the fact that he's opening up or what, but it inspires Barbara to finally start talking. 
<laughs> and when she does, like this whole time, I'm like, can you have a brain? Say something. Uh, <laughs> Come back. Log back in. Yeah. Then she starts and it's like, go back to being catatonic. <laughs> she, That's enough. Yeah. She tells him what happened in the cemetery. Again, while Ben continues to work. He's working his ass off. And, and she's, she's just, we got to go get Johnny. Oh, yeah. It's like, shut the You can go get yeah. Johnny. <laughs> right now, actually. <laughs> I got I'll a lot of right work to I'll pour the door up behind you. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> so, like you're saying, she starts to get a little too excited. And Ben's like, why don't you calm down? But she keeps going, and Ben's like, please, calm down, or fucking grab a plank or something. Yeah. <laughs> Do something. I like that Ben goes, this is no Sunday school picnic. <laughs> he's like, do you not realize dude, what's oh happening God. outside? I couldn't even imagine being Ben in the scene. <laughs> no, dude, at all. But Barbara realizes in this moment that Johnny is still out there, and like you said, she's begging Ben to help her go out there and get him. He's like, hell no. Yeah, it's like, no. are you out of your fucking mind? Yeah. So she tries to open the door herself, but he pulls her away. She hits him in the face, and without even thinking, he fucking hits her back. Oh, no, yeah. And she looks <laughs> mm-hmm. at him in surprise and then faints. Fucking faints. So I will say he lies her down on the couch, and he tries to button up her jacket, and I guess he can't, and so he just leaves her as is. <laughs> it was a little odd. I didn't really get that. Yeah. I feel like he was trying to, I don't know, take like, care of her or make up for what he just did. I, yeah. So I did read that this scene is one of the scenes that George Romero regretted keeping in the film. Apparently, Dwayne Jones asked him to change it because he thought that if audiences saw a black man striking a white woman, the reaction would be so strong that it could cause problems. That's fair. And for some reason, Romero and crew, they thought that, I don't know if it was just a matter of being edgy or something, but they're like, no, we know better and we're going to leave it in. And in interviews since then, George Romero always regretted not listening to Dwayne Jones. And honestly, it is a little much. It's a lot. I get it. But if I'm acting foolish and there's some kind of zombie apocalypse, please slap me to get me (laughs) to come back. To get you back on track. Yeah. I I mean, I'm not saying it's okay to hit women because it's not. Not at all. But even me, if I'm like checked out. Give me a smack. Wake wake me up. You know what I mean? It's like help. We need your help. Please get it snap out of it. So you know, only something. only hit JP. <laughs> that's fine. That's yeah. that's where we're at. It's like, lady, wake up, lick it, and then slap and me. Yeah, and slap <laughs> JP. Yeah. <laughs> so Ben goes and he turns on an old radio that he finds in the house. I love this radio. It looks like it's from like the nineteen thirties. I it love does. the share of this radio. But the presenter on the radio breaks down all the facts of the situation as they currently know them. And they're clearly still piecing it together, but they say that it's an epidemic of mass murder by unidentified assassins. Yes. Yeah. Which sounds like a completely different movie from what I'm yes. saying. Because <laughs> assassins is on some spy shit or like yeah, ninjas or I, something, right? But, I noticed that. It's like assassins. I was like that's yeah interesting that's a, that's, yeah that's and assassins are more organized and they're yeah. in out get grab fucking <laughs> they're not you know, shambling no or bashing fucking headlights with yeah. bricks <laughs> but he says the assassins look ordinary which is true and so ben looks outside and he sees quite a few zombies congregating out there and the man on the radio says law enforcement has no fucking idea what to do and it can best be described as mayhem which is comforting it's <laughs> <laughs> exactly what you want to hear But Ben makes a torch out of, I guess, the leg of a table and a rag. 
and then he drags a sofa outside and fucking lights it on fire. Man, but that lighter fluid, though, that he oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What brand is that? Uh, oh, my God. The funny thing to me is that when he does this, the zombies scream. <laughs> yeah. I, which is, again, I'm, not zombie-like behavior but, as we know them now. If this was the OG ones, then I get they were trying to figure out what right. was what. So. They groan now. They yeah, don't yeah. scream. He was like, ah, <laughs> fire. But I watch this with subtitles whenever I lead an episode because I don't want to miss anything. Right. Yeah. And in the subtitles, God. it literally says, zombie. No! Oh, uh. <laughs> and I laughed my ass off. <laughs> but... Oh my god! And again, so I don't know funny. why it credits him as a zombie because they are not using that word in this film. That's so funny. Yeah, at all. Weird. So, according to the radio, the White House is going to have a meeting on the crisis, and it seems to have only affected the eastern third of the country. But it says there are also smaller reports coming out of Texas and all over the country. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, so I guess not. It's everywhere. Just yeah, say it's just everywhere. say it's everywhere. Uh, ben continues to barricade the house, but when he moves a door that he plans to use, we see what looks like a little hidden door behind it, and the camera zooms in like, pay attention. Yeah. <laughs> Don't this, forget. This will be important later. So Ben takes a cigarette break, which he's earned mm-hmm. very Absolutely. much. Absolutely. And he's investigating a closet, and he finds a pair of shoes for Barbara, as well as a rifle and some ammo. I probably should have led with the rifle, because that's <laughs> no, <laughs> way more important. No, no. shoes, you see. But that's why you always explore the area before you leave. Exa- yes, you, scavenge. You never know when there's hidden Scav- loot somewhere. No, uh, especially those shoes, you see. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> the shoes is what was important. Yeah, if, anyone, if anything's going to save him. Right. Uh, so he goes into the other room, and Barbara's awake and sitting up. And so he puts the shoes on her feet... And he basically tells her that they're going to be okay with the rifle, the food, the supplies, and everything. He tells her he's going to go check upstairs and that he'll be able to hear anything if something were to happen while he's up there. Now, in the immediate next shot, Barbara's not wearing the shoes. Oh, shit. I didn't even see that. I thought it was such an odd oversight because they made such a big deal about him finding them and putting them on her feet. And then she's just not, they're not even there. They're not even in the room. I hated him putting the shoes on her. That was a little bothersome. She can't even fucking be bothered to put a pair of shoes on. She is that zonked. He has. She's a zombie. Yes. (laughs) He has boarded up the house, (laughs) found a gun. And ammunition and mm-hmm. shoes and put them on her feet and she's sitting there relaxing after her faint nap. <laughs> he killed zombies outside. He killed the one attacking her. Started that fire. He lit the fire. Made the zombie scream no. <laughs> Taught zombies to talk. <laughs> Which I think is your new favorite part of the film. <laughs> <laughs> she can't even be bothered. I just I yeah, can't. I know. So the radio now says that victims have been found partially devoured by their murderers, and I'm like, all right, here we go. This is what I came to see. <laughs> What's funny, though, is they say it in, like, five different ways. They do. They've eaten the flesh. The victims are partially devoured. The Not the zombies. (laughs) The ghouls are chewing the fat, so to speak. It's like, Like, oh, We get it. They're fucking eating people. So Ben heads upstairs, and he drags the corpse away into another room that, I guess, is also on the second floor. Mm -hmm. One thing that I did notice is that the corpse looks oddly not skeletal now. Yeah. Yeah, you can see if you look at the face. It's just a regular face. It's a regular face now. (laughs) And I found out that it it was now played by one of the actresses we'll meet in a bit, but they changed it because they said a mannequin didn't look convincing. Mm. I will say 
I do consider this a missed opportunity because showing that corpse upstairs was kind of like Chekhov's gun. I wanted that corpse to reanimate and come downstairs. You're expecting it to. Yeah, I really wanted that to happen, but it doesn't happen. They never even, I don't even think they talk about the corpse again. (laughs) He moves it to the other room and he's like, from now on, the corpse is done. (laughs) I solved the problem. I've done everything. We're not talking about that fucking corpse again. But downstairs, Barbara continues to listen to the radio where they repeat the information about the zombies eating flesh and all that in 50 different ways. (laughs) She sees a hand slide out from that hidden door from earlier, and then two men jump out and one of them grabs her and she screams. And so Ben races down with the rifle to help her. The men are Harry Cooper, played by Carl Hardman, and Tom, played by Keith Wayne. When Ben gets downstairs, Tom is like, don't shoot, we're from town, yeah. which for some reason is enough <laughs> oh, for okay. Ben. It's like, oh, you're from town, I hear. That's great. Fantastic. Never mind. So Cooper rushes to the radio and tries to listen in. And Ben's like, how long have you fuckers been down in the cellar? Kindy could have used some help barricading yeah. this place because well, yeah. Barbara was useless. And Cooper says that the cellar is safer. And for all they knew, the commotion they heard from upstairs could have been those things. <laughs> Ben's like, bitch, yeah, stop. Like, nah, stop. Like, you heard us. Exactly. Yeah. And you heard Barbara scream. Yeah. Just, He's like, you think that's what... Um, well, no. Yeah. So, no. <laughs> so maybe it was. <laughs> but Cooper and Tom say that they didn't help because they could have, I guess, gotten outnumbered if they were to come upstairs, <laughs> which is just some bullshit, yeah. honestly. I no, mean, let's, you were let's call it what it is. Like, yeah. Stop. So Ben tells Tom that he's got most of the house barricaded with the exception of a few spots upstairs. And then Cooper argues with him and says that the cellar is way safer than staying upstairs. Cooper says that before they even got to the house, those things out there overturned their car so they could very easily make short work of some wooden barricades that they set up. Ben's like, dude, whatever. And Tom lets it slip that Cooper's wife and daughter are downstairs Mm -hmm. and that their daughter is injured. And then Ben and Cooper continue to argue. Yeah. (laughs) The bickering seems kind of unnecessary to me. It's honestly, it gets down to the point of being some duck season, rabbit season bullshit. (laughs) It really does. (laughs) It does. Like Uh, upstairs, cellar, upstairs, cellar. We get it. You want to be upstairs. And you want to be. You want to be in the cellar. Yeah. But at the same time, he's saying they can... That door didn't look very dude. Uh, no, pretty flimsy. <laughs> that door so. was like made of like yeah, <laughs> paper, like plywood or something. Yeah, like that, you think they're gonna take down the barricades on the door and window? You think that's gonna <laughs> yeah, stop them? Yeah, but you're not them? worried about yeah. door. Now you're in a box. You're, just, <laughs> in a box. you're in a to-go no, box. That's for them. Yeah, I was like, here you go. <laughs> oh, I was like, here you go. That's basically Ben's argument. He's like, dude, if we're down there, we're basically yeah, we're dinner. trapped. There's yeah. nowhere to, to run, to and he's not wrong. But no. The funny thing about you saying that the door looks like shit is that there was no cellar in this house. (laughs) And they filmed the cellar scenes at, like, I guess, a studio where they edited the film. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, yeah, that so, door looks awful. Yeah, because it isn't <laughs> really a door. It's, pro- it's just they just stuck yeah. it there. But <laughs> that makes sense. Tom finally steps in and he says, while there, he's like the mediator. Yeah, no, Tom's awesome. He's pretty cool. He's like, look, there is positive and negative yeah. to both of these things. But staying upstairs makes much more sense because we're going to have multiple exits if they do try to get in. And we'll be able to kind of see in here for a search party if they come to rescue us. Mm-hmm. Cooper doesn't want to hear it, though, and says he's going to go back to the cellar and board it up. So they better figure out what they want to do. <laughs> it's really <laughs> shitty, dude. Like, yeah. really shitty. 
And so Tom says, you know, we should kind of have more time to discuss. No, and Cooper's just not listening to reason no. at all. No. When they're like, downstairs, there's nowhere. We'll be yeah, trapped. There's stuck. nowhere to run. His reply was, nah. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks for contributing cool. to yeah. the. Thanks, Coop. Yeah. My thing, you know, maybe I'm clouded by the plot armor of The Walking Dead, but. There's like eight to ten zombies outside. I'm like, well, Ben could just go out there by himself Take and handle them this. Out. Yeah. But it's a different time. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta keep that in mind. So Ben goes to look out the back window, but he's grabbed by a few zombies through his barricade. Yeah. Tom, Tom fucking cuts their fingers off. Yeah, he's chopping. For he's a long just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for like each individual really finger. Time, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there was huge holes too that these oh, zombies yeah. reached. It's like Ben, come on. Well, in all fairness, yeah. Ben did it all he by himself. He was working alone. He's like, I had to cover all these damn windows. <laughs> come on, Ben. But after Tom cuts their fingers off, it frees Ben, and then Ben shoots him in the chest. But nothing happens to it. Of course not. Mm-hmm. Which of course they don't know this yet. Yeah. yeah. So the zombie just kind of looks at the wound, and he gets back to the window. And so Ben finally shoots him in the head, and he realizes that that's what they need to do in order to kill these things. Then we then get a short shot of a bunch of zombies, <laughs> including a naked one. Yes. And Thank I really, I really want to know what her story is, because what I, that's, the hell? That's what I told she your sister. She was in the tub? I was like, I don't... The na- yeah, where'd the naked zombie come from? Some what fan was... theories have said maybe she was in the morgue. Oh, maybe. Mm. But like, wouldn't potentially. She, wouldn't she have like a, the autopsy business? Yeah, it's true. No, yeah. no she was all skin. She was all skin. Yeah, I... But this weird. is the first time we see some of them like looking rough, though. Yes. Oh, yeah. That like, is really true. rough. Some of them do look pretty rough. Uh, another thing that I did read about that one zombie that's naked is somehow the town that they filmed this in heard that they were going to be filming a scene with a naked woman in it. And so the entire town basically showed up on the set to see it. Jeez. Oh, I thought you were going to say to boycott it. No, oh, no, no. They're like, let we're going to see this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they didn't have the internet, I guess, uh, back then. Naked lady. Yeah. Get everyone down to the <laughs> farmhouse. But <laughs> So after this little mini attack, Cooper freaks out and he says they all have to get to the cellar and that he's taking Barbara with him. Ben's like, the hell you are. Yeah. Why? I don't know I why don't he... understand. I don't know. Like I said, if you're in the cellar, I get it. You have somewhere to, to kind of yeah, hold up. Yeah, but why up, do you but... give a shit about Barbara? Yeah, why are you taking other people with you? That doesn't Did make you any sense. go down there by yourself or with your <laughs> wife and kid? And She hasn't said one word to him. No. He doesn't no. even know her. It's very odd, but Ben kind of stands up and he's like, look, you know, if you're so in love with the cellar, you've lost your upstairs privileges. Yeah. <laughs> It's like that includes food and the fucking radio. Yeah, he's, he's mine now. Dude, he <laughs> is laying down the fucking law. Well, he even goes, when they're talking about his daughter, he's like, yeah, it's tough for her that her old man is so stupid. Dude, yeah. I love that so much. He's, yeah, he's basically like, hey, I'm sorry her dad sucks, but them's the breaks, man. Yeah. It's fantastic. But Cooper, yeah, he says, I can't bring my kid upstairs with all this chaos. And then Ben shuts that shit down. <laughs> So Ben's like, look, Cooper, you can be the boss of the cellar. I'm boss upstairs. And so Tom, interestingly, decides to stay upstairs with Ben and Barbara. And he gets his girlfriend, Judy, played by Judith Ridley, to come up from the cellar and join them. And she had not been mentioned before. I did not know that he had a, no. you know, that's never even hinted at. But Cooper goes back in the cellar and, as promised, barricades the door. With mm-hmm. his one plank on a yeah. flimsy-ass door. So Cooper's wife, Helen, played by Marilyn Eastman, gets filled in on the situation that's going on upstairs and outside and checks on their daughter, Karen, played by Kira Schoen. 
Karen is laying on the table with a blanket and basically looks like she's passed out. So Cooper lights a cigarette and he's kind of confident in his decision. And Helen seems over his bullshit. Sick of his shit. Like, like she already. is pissed. I do want to. Your kid's sick. You don't know what's wrong with her, but you're blowing fucking smoke yeah. in her face. <laughs> in this enclosed yeah, cellar. In it, yeah. I, I mean, it's 1968. I, I know, guess. but come on. No, God I had damn. the same yeah, thought. It's like, geez, man. But Cooper tells her that he heard some information on the radio, and Helen's like, there's a radio upstairs? She's like, you fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah. And Cooper is basically still totally chill about boarding them up in a cellar without any access to outside information. (laughs) But interestingly, Carl Hardman and Marilyn Eastman were a real-life couple for, I guess, over 40 years. And Kira Schoen, who plays Karen, was actually Hardman's real-life daughter. Oh, oh, I wow, didn't know that. Yeah, that's, that's cool. cool. Yeah. So it's like this movie was like a family, a family affair. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Even more interestingly, Hardman and Eastman were incredibly instrumental in this film even getting made. They worked a variety of positions behind the scenes, including makeup and even oh, wow. like just some random stuff anywhere that they needed help. But the thing is, is that they actually ran a film production company that Romero and Russo initially took the script to in order to even procure the financiers to get this film made. Damn. So basically without them, this movie would not exist. And then they get to be in it and his daughters in it. Like it's just, it's a really really kind of a sweet little thing. I, watching this movie, I was like, oh, I just thought they were just actors. No, Because they're good. No, No, they are. They're not. It's insane. They, they weren't like, it's not nepotism. They weren't just handed yeah. their parts. But basically all we learned from this scene is that Cooper's an asshole and even his family hates him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Ben finds a television upstairs and Tom yells down to the Coopers about this discovery. Helen's like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> they got TV? Yeah. yeah. He's like, she's like, next they'll find an iPhone. You got to fucking get us <laughs> up there. <laughs> so they make a deal. It's an odd deal. If Judy will come down and keep an eye on Karen, they'll come up and check out the television. I don't understand. What does Tom get out of this deal? Like, (laughs) or Judy. Cool, I get to watch a sick kid. Awesome. Thanks. (laughs) Tube sucks. (laughs) So Helen comes up and Barbara's acting like she's high or something, just playing with some lace. She is inspecting lace on I just oh I just don't understand. And so Helen sits down to light a cigarette, which gets Barbara's attention. And then she introduces herself to Barbara like Barbara's a child. Yes. And it's at this point I realize I don't know how old Barbara is supposed to be. I figured her to be like 22 or 23. Yeah, that's what you would think, right? But the way she's acting now, I'm like... Oh, is she 15? (laughs) Is she 12? Like, I just don't know. And it really, I don't know. They don't ever say, huh? No. Nothing. And especially just the way that she's acting now, it's really bothersome. Yeah. But Cooper goes around complaining about all the weak spots in the barricades. (laughs) This is why we can't have nice things. Uh. But Helen's like, how about you make your ass useful? Instead of fucking complaining, you know, why don't you do something? He's all about spotting problems and offering no solutions. I at least appreciate that Helen has a fucking brain in her head and can think for herself. Could you imagine how unbearable this would be if it was just the Coopers and they were just fucking miserable the entire time? It would make for a less enjoyable movie. Definitely. I like oh, that no, yeah. his like, wife no, is handing him his ass. Everyone knows he's an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, it's not just you, Ben. <laughs> 
but Tom and Ben bring the TV downstairs, and for some reason, Cooper picks on Barbara. Yes! I was, that was so <laughs> yeah. weird to me. I was really confused on that. He's like, like, you better you pay, pay attention. attention. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? And, and Ben steps in, he's like, I just told you I'm the boss up <laughs> here. Shut the fuck up! <laughs> it was just so odd. Yeah, it's weird. unbelievable, but they get the TV on, and a news reporter is explaining what's happening outside. There's an odd shot. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but Ben's watching the news broadcast. So you see the back of his head, Mm -hmm. but the video of the broadcast is clearly superimposed on the television, and the shot of Ben is frozen. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I didn't. The only thing moving is the TV. It's it's static, just moving. It's almost like kind of what YouTubers do so they don't get copyright strikes. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's very, very strange, but... The man on the news basically says that recently deceased people are reanimating and attacking people. It's not just a bunch of unidentified assassins like they originally thought. And he says that they're basically setting up these military outposts. And rather than staying home like they recommended before, people should try to make their way to the nearest outposts and get to these rescue stations as quick as they can. So Ben brings up the idea about the truck that he had before about getting the gas and going to wherever this outpost is. And Tom seems pretty receptive to it. Tom, man, he's like, where do you need me, boss? No, he's like, where were you when I was setting up the barricades? (laughs) So the man on the news speculates that the zombie situation could have been caused by a satellite that NASA sent to Venus a while ago, but shot down when it re-entered Earth's atmosphere after they discovered it was emanating, I guess... Extreme amounts of radiation. Yeah. And I don't remember this at at all. No, I didn't either. I was like, so is, is this what it's they're radiation? coming from? Now, so is a sci-fi movie now? Yeah, or is it, I, I, I did not makes, remember the music that makes aspect sense now, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, there it is. Why. And honestly, what kind of fucking logic is that? Hey, it's full of radiation. Let's blow it up in front yeah. of in front of Earth. <laughs> But they show this footage of a reporter catching up with officials in Washington, which I love this scene because they disagree on whether or not there's a connection with the radiation and whatever's going on on Earth. I don't like having an explanation. Right. Especially for it to be something as simple as radiation. I don't like that at all. Yeah. I think that's why I don't remember it because it just doesn't fit into my schema of the situation. Now, I read that George Romero... Did, had a cameo as one of these reporters, but I couldn't spot him or place him, yeah. so I'm not 100% sure if it's true. Next time you watch it, be on the lookout. But like I said, I really appreciate this scene being added because when something is fully explained, it's less scary. Definitely. Yeah. When no, you don't yeah. know what caused it, it kind of leaves room for more fear. Right. And so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so the station closest to them is at the Willard Medical Center, which Tom says is only 17 miles away. And then he kind of starts to talk to Ben and explains how him and Judy ended up in the house. Long story short, they said they were going to the beach or something, and then they ended up here. And at the end of the story, he makes an odd mention of a very strong bar <laughs> that they used to barricade the cellar. Which I felt like, I'm like, well, this is going to come up later. Because he's like, and then we boarded up the cellar with a bar. It's really strong. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, why would you? Why even say that at all? Your, your team upstairs. Yeah. It's an ad for the bar. Exactly, yeah. Zombie bar. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, fucking keep him out. <laughs> That's their tagline. Yeah. Anyway. So everyone seems pretty on board with this plan to go to Willard, except for Cooper. Of, of course. Of course. Right. Yeah. So the newsman talks to a doctor who stresses the importance of anyone injured 
going to seek medical attention immediately because they don't really know what any of this is, how severe anything could be, or how everything even spreads. Interestingly, the doctor's name is Dr. Grimes, which makes you wonder if Robert Kirkman got the name for Rick Grimes on The Walking Dead, right, from this. I didn't either. But Ben asks Helen how badly Karen is hurt, and she seems really hesitant to answer. I, I don't know why. Because they don't know the particulars. They don't know what we know. Well, I feel like the news just said. And yeah. then he's like, hey, so what's up with your kid? Like, yeah. I would be a little. Uh, he's like, like I got a fine. tire iron. Though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's real strong. Yeah. Ask Ted Raimi. So <laughs> he tells her, basically, you tell Judy to come back upstairs and you sit with your own kid. And Helen agrees. Yeah. She's not. She's got the Cooper in her name, but she's not. No, she's <laughs> not yeah. an asshole. No. So the doctor on the television discusses a cadaver in their lab who had all of its limbs amputated and then suddenly opened its eyes and tried to move. And when he said that, I just imagine the theaters in 1968, everyone being like, <gasps> oh my, because <laughs> I'm sure that was enough to scare the shit out of them. But Helen goes downstairs to relieve Judy. And Judy says Karen has not said a word like at all. But then the kid wakes up and just says, I hurt. <laughs> she got right down to the point. Yeah. I'm like, not good. No, this doesn't bode well. Yeah. So at this point, we're all still kind of wondering what injured means because yeah. she was very vague here. <laughs> and they haven't gotten any real details. But on the television, Dr. Grimes says that the bodies should be carried into the street and burned because they can reanimate in minutes after mm-hmm. they die. He's like, look, we can't be yeah, doing any of that sentimental just, shit. Yeah, no, he, he does. He does. He does He's like, that. funerals, fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> they're just bags of them. meat, fucking yeah, burn them. Yeah. Burn yeah. them. It's like, ouch. Damn. <laughs> so they're talking about the plan that they're going to set into motion. Cooper says that there is a key ring downstairs which might have the key to the gas pump on it, which turns out to be true because Tom finds it down there. But then Ben comes up with the plan for them to safely retrieve the gasoline for the truck. Basically, they're going to remove the boards from one of the doors. Tom is going to drive the truck to the pump while Ben rides shotgun with his rifle. Cooper is going to toss Molotov cocktails from a window upstairs to scare off and distract the zombies. After he drops them, he'll come back down, lock the door until Ben and Tom come back with the gasoline (laughs) and maybe more lumber, I guess, to beef up their barricades. While this is going on, all the women will be in the cellar. (laughs) Yeah, they don't seem very sure. No. They're just like, "Uh, do this. Let's do do that. that. And first of all, I think it's safe to say that the plan is a little old fashioned. Yeah. But everyone seems on board with it. And one thing I have learned from film is if anybody explains their entire plan, it's not going to work out. There is no way it's going to work out. We said it and then we did it. Good work, guys. How boring would that be in every movie? We told you what was going to happen. It does not work out. So Tom and Judy are getting materials together. And she says that she wishes she could call her parents because they're probably worried sick about where they are. And Tom's like, look, we'll call them when we get to Willard. And who knows? Maybe they're in Willard. Judy's a little worried about Tom being one of the people who actually has to go out there in the thick of it. And it seems like she knows it's the right thing to do, but kind of just wants a little reassurance, which Tom delivers like a goddamn champion. Yeah. <laughs> so he's, oh, a, yeah. he's the best. Tom's kind of the shit. A very underrated character. I mean, Ben's number one, but Tom's yeah, a strong number right two. Yeah. <laughs> one thing, though, is he says, he's like, smiley. Where's that big smile for me? You're sure no use at all. And I'm like, <laughs> and then he kisses yeah. her, and I'm like, is that supposed to be sweet? Yeah, well, 
<laughs> what happened? Son of a bitch. Turn you an asshole real quick. <laughs> but in the next scene, Judy handles Barbara with kid gloves and is like, we have to go downstairs now, Barbara. <sighs> and Barbara's like, Goo goo gaga. Yeah, it's un- it's unbelievable. And Ben's like, no, she's serious. If you go downstairs... He's like, bitch, if you don't get down <laughs> yeah. in that yeah. fucking cellar... It's like, everyone's connecting you with me, because... Yeah, right. So you better start fucking bad. acting yeah. cool. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he's like, look, you go downstairs, we'll get this shit done, I can come back, we can all leave. Yeah. Barbara's kind of in a trance, and then she comes back to herself, and she's like, oh... I'd like to leave. And you're like, right. why did you go live? Over there, yeah. go over there. Right, just go. Why did they kill Johnny? Uh, <laughs> Can we have Johnny back? He at least had some sass. Yeah, he had some one-liners. Something. And I, I do feel bad for talking so much shit because Judith O'Day does a good job as Barbara, but I just With wish an awful the character, character was yeah. better. It's not her. It's not her fault. It's the character. But it's at this point that I'm like, damn, I don't like the way they use Barbara in this film. <laughs> yeah. But Ben and Tom take the barricade off the door. Very and, easily. Yeah. <laughs> there Very weren't any easily, nails in yeah, it, yeah. Uh, ben grabs a torch, and they get ready to go ahead with this plan that they told us about. Tom and Judy exchange a glance with each other while Ben shouts to Cooper to let loose with these Molotov cocktails. Which he, I feel like he was pretty reckless with those Molotov <laughs> Yeah, he yeah. got really close to that I, He just. <laughs> my thing was, first of all, I was like, well, his aim's really good. I hope it stays this good. <laughs> Because you'll fucking ruin everything. But he throws four of them and they go right in front of the truck and the flames do scare the zombies Uh. away. And it allows Tom and Ben to make it to the truck. Oddly, though, Tom gets to the truck and there are still plenty of zombies around. Yeah. It's like, what did the Molotovs even do? Yeah, yeah, no What was the point? So you're already failing this plan. (laughs) So at the last minute, Judy decides that she's going to join them and runs outside against Cooper's protests. So Cooper fucking shuts the door behind her. And she immediately turns around like she knows she's made a huge mistake. It's like, ah, shit. I shouldn't have done this. Judy didn't think that one through. So she gets in the truck really slowly while Ben gets into the bed of the truck and kind of holds off zombies with a rifle. There's no way in hell I'm riding in that truck bed. Yeah, no. I'd be like, look, we can fit three people. Scoot your ass Uh, over, Judy. You weren't even supposed to be here. No, you should be in the bed. (laughs) So for some reason... Tom is driving three miles per hour to the pump. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? Yep. If I'm Ben, I'm banging on that back Something, window. yeah. Like, right, hurry. come on. And so once they get to the pump, the two men jump out of the vehicle. Ben lays his torch on the ground while Tom tries the key Next on the pump. Next to the gas pump. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's not even the bad thing. No, yeah, not at all. No. So the, the key, turns out, doesn't work. So... Ben does the next logical thing, oh, God. and he shoots the lock <laughs> yes. on the gas pump. Yep. Luckily <laughs> not. I, I don't know if I've just played too many video games or seen too many action movies, but I'm like, oh, no, shit. Yeah, that that's that's not a good, good idea. So Tom gets the pump, and he accidentally sprays the torch with gasoline, which lights the truck on fire. Ben tries to put out the fire, and then Tom jumps into the truck, and then him and Judy just fucking speed off. They get closer to the house. <laughs> And Tom hops out and he's like, Come on, Judy, we gotta go, but her jacket's caught. Yeah. I don't know how just, her jacket yeah. got caught. I don't I don't know. But leave the fucking jacket. Exactly. Yeah. We don't need the jacket. It's not nobody said it was cold. <laughs> I know it's Pittsburgh, but what's more important? Yeah, here? no shit. So he goes to help her, but then suddenly the truck explodes, killing Tom and Judy. Which was such a did that just really happen moment? I couldn't like, believe it. 
they're they're gone now. Yeah, they're dead. That like that sucks. And it sucks because yeah, yeah. Tom was real useful. Yeah, yes, he was. Was. Yeah, yeah. was. The was. go-to guy. On was. He used to be real useful. <laughs> so back at the pump, Ben uses the torch to scare away the zombies, and he makes his way back to the house. When he gets back to the house, Cooper has locked the door. <laughs> yeah. And doesn't help him in. Not at all. So Ben fucking kicks the door open and he looks at Cooper and he's like, you know that's your ass later. Yeah. <laughs> and Cooper got, pretty much understands. Uh, we got like, an appointment. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Ben barricades the door and Cooper helps him finally, but then he doesn't have to wait too long for that ass whooping because Ben oh, <laughs> lays man. into yeah. him and <laughs> literally beats his ass throughout the whole house. <laughs> He's just following through the house, just kicking his ass. Right. The zombies it. weren't trying to get in. They were trying to get a good view. Yeah, yeah they're like, they were just like, a view. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Was he beating his ass? No, oh, damn. Let me see. Uh, even we know he deserves yeah, it. That guy's an asshole. He was just going to leave him out yeah. here with us. With us. Right. We're going to eat that. That's why they dude. weren't worried about them getting in. They were just watching. No, you're go like, ahead. Oh, shit, no, right. Yeah, because yeah, 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 they stopped. Yeah. <laughs> so we then see. Very close-up shots of the zombies outside eating Tom and Judy, and it's pretty gruesome no, for 1968. Yeah, barbecue, huh? I oh, read yeah. that um, they used ham covered in chocolate syrup. Delicious. <laughs> Which, right. mm. Good mm. lord. They made jokes that um, they didn't even have to waste time putting on the actor's makeup because the eating ham and chocolate syrup was making them <laughs> pale and sickly looking. <laughs> Like, dude, this is the Disgusting. smartest thing we ever did. That is so gross. But yeah, I mean, it's they organs. They are getting down. They're eating hands. Like, I mean, it's some yeah. shit. I can't even imagine. I did read that when Roger Ebert wrote his review for this film, the majority of the review, honestly, the majority of all the critics' reviews at the time were basically saying, this film is really gruesome and kids should not see it. That's basically the whole point. They didn't really get... It took years... About the movie. Yeah, yeah. For people to realize the significance of it, but I digress. Back in the house, Helen comes up from the cellar and says there's supposed to be another news broadcast in 10 minutes. Everyone, with the exception of Karen, is upstairs. Well, and Tom and Judy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, R.I.P. To some real ones. But yeah. they try to put a new plan together after the last one literally blew up in their faces. Ben asks if they could get to wherever the Cooper's car got overturned, turn it back over, and if it would be drivable. But he finds out that it's too far away. And Barbara just starts spouting off with, Johnny has the keys. Read the room, <laughs> Barbara. Yeah. They keep bickering, and then she's like, Johnny has the keys. <laughs> and then through the continued bickering, we learn that Karen was bitten by one of the yeah. zombies, yep. which is the injury that we've kind of been dancing around the entire film. Barbara repeats what she said about Johnny again, which prompts Ben to finally realize that Barbara has a car that they can use. So they hear this commotion outside and they look out the window and they see the zombies are still enjoying that <laughs> the ham, yeah. I guess. Oh, yeah. That chocolate ham. That's some Scooby-Doo shit. Yeah. But <laughs> the news broadcast kicks on and says that the radiation is getting worse and reiterates that the dead bodies must be burned and disposed of immediately. The news then talks about a posse led by Sheriff McClellan in a county in Pennsylvania that I guess is patrolling their town and getting rid of the zombies in the area. And he's, he says, we heard him making noise, so we came over and beat him off. And I'm a child, so I left. <laughs> so, of course, you left. <laughs> the zombies were like, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> this is what we came back to yeah. life for. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> right, go on with your bad self. Right, exactly. Damn, How did hey. you know? So 
Honestly, though, for me, the footage is pretty unsettling. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You yeah. see, it shows a group of 20 or 30 men in regular clothing patrolling the streets with rifles. It kind of put me in the mind of some good old boy bullshit. For sure. And kind of sundown town almost. And yeah. I was like pretty fucking uncomfortable. It's like way to get me to side with the fucking zombies. Exactly. I'm like, fucking eat that, dude. Right. Yeah. <laughs> But the news also lets it slip that if you destroy the brain, you can kill the zombies. The sheriff says that they're working their way toward Willard and maybe working into the night and maybe into the early morning. And this is a pretty important moment in pop culture, considering this rule has kind of become the gold standard for every zombie property that's followed. You destroy the brain, remove the head, and that's how you kill a zombie. And this is the first time that it was ever thought of. It's just incredible. But I did laugh because when they're interviewing the sheriff and they asked him if the zombies are slow moving, the chief goes, yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Uh, <laughs> He's like, they're <laughs> fucked. <laughs> they're not moving fast. Very eloquent. Yeah, they're all messed up. But <laughs> suddenly after this important point comes across on the news, the lights go out. Yeah. And Ben goes to the cellar to look for a fuse box. And Cooper tells his wife, he's like, look, I got to get that gun from she's Ben. She's like, enough. Yeah. Yeah, she's like, I'm, I'm sick of your shit. I'm married to your ass. I forgot to mention earlier, she was like, look, we don't get along. Like, she fucking said that to well, him. Well, she yeah. even says, my daughter's all I have left. It's like, your husband's Cooper's right like, there. She's like, again, my daughter. <laughs> yeah. I said what I said. So he even says that he blames Ben for the deaths of Judy and Tom, which is not fair. No, not at all. Not fair. So he stops that line to talk real quick when Ben returns though he's like oh shit yeah. <laughs> pretend we weren't fucking <laughs> anyways uh, so Barbara's weird right <laughs> so it's pretty crazy uh, that Tom's dead yeah that sucks anyways Ben definitely didn't have anything to do with it he's the hero uh, but the zombies start using rocks and branches <laughs> yeah. and I whatever <laughs> They're like, shit, this seems, this got some weight to it. I laughed out loud at the zombie that throws the whatever brick rocks through the window. Like, nothing. Dude, it's like, what the hell? So Helen watches Cooper grab, because Ben drops the gun to maintain the barricade because they're starting to get in. Right. So Helen watches Cooper grab the gun. Little fucking snake, man. Oh, it's horrible, dude. Cooper sucks. No, he's horrible. Yeah, he's stupid of course at this point you would think well we've lost two we need to work together yeah why are we turning against each other now but he holds the gun on ben and he tells helen to get in the cellar but she doesn't ben (laughs) throws a fucking plank at cooper and wrestles the gun away from him and then he shoots cooper in the gut yeah it's been a long time coming yeah Uh, but his wife doesn't give a shit no she's like (laughs) Look, I've been wanting to do that for 15 uh, right. years. She's Shoot like, him again. Thank you, Ben. Uh. In the turmoil, she thanks him. No, she doesn't. But she should. But Helen, honestly, she screams because the barricade gives way, not because her husband was shot. <laughs> and the zombies are grabbing at her. But Cooper stumbles down the stairs and he dies on the floor right next to where Karen is resting. Yeah. Back upstairs, Barbara finally comes back to life. Nearly when the movie's over. <laughs> but yes. She helps Helen break free from the zombies. Helen rushes downstairs to check on Karen, but she finds her fucking munching down on Cooper. Yeah. And it looks, I couldn't tell, is his arm off? I don't, I, yeah, I, I, I know she's got arm off, off, but no, I don't know. I, I read that either. originally they had wanted Helen to go down there and find Cooper eating their daughter. Oh, shit. 
and that everybody was like, that's too much. <laughs> Wait, look, we've done a lot of things here. <laughs> Real that's it the in. line. <laughs> but <laughs> Helen stumbles back and falls down, and then Karen grabs a trowel and fucking stabs Helen to death with it. Did that not seem so much like Psycho? Fair, it really did. So much to Honestly, me. Honestly, that is a very fair point. That I is was a very like, fair wow, point. Like, there's no way that wasn't on purpose. Like how a, much it looked like psycho to me. You know, and just the repeated stab. Yes. You know, you're, yeah. And but, the shots and the angles. Like yeah. it, but why did she fall that way and wait for the kid <laughs> to stab her? Know. She did. She she literally saw it all happen in slow motion. No, yeah. Just, Karen's still a zombie. Move. She didn't fucking. Yeah. She wasn't quick about it. I but, love my kids, but if one of them is coming at me, I'm gonna kick the shit out of them. Like, Get at back. the very yeah. least, right? Something. Yeah. Like, push him away or some shit. So I got to admit, again, I'm not a big fan of zombies using tools. And I know no, this is like, all, yeah. it's basically the granddaddy of them all, if we, as we've said, but I prefer the mindless, va- yeah. vacant eating machines. Like that's my yeah. zombies. But back upstairs, Barbara and Ben are nearly overwhelmed by the zombies and they're trying to keep the barricade in place. But once it comes down, Barbara sees Johnny... Johnny came in with some sass. No, he did. (laughs) He came in dramatic as hell. He really did. He's at the front of the pack, too. He's leading the whole thing. But Barbara freezes, and Johnny reaches out his driving-gloved hand (laughs) out to her. Yeah. So Johnny grabs her and surprisingly pulls her into the crowd of zombies, and Ben is unable to save her. Yeah. That shocked the shit out of me. The way that they just get rid of people in this movie. No, they don't give a shit. It is very unexpected. I was very surprised by that because it seemed as if the point of the story was basically Ben keeping Barbara safe. Yeah. Right. And he tried, but he was not able. Yeah. It's insane. But Ben backs away from the open door just as the OG suit zombie from the beginning (laughs) makes his way in. We're like, hey, I remember you. (laughs) You (laughs) You started this. this whole thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So... As he backs up, Karen's coming up from the cellar and she tries to take a bite out of crime. Yep. But Ben's too fast for that bullshit and he throws her to the ground, which is kind of what yeah. Helen should have done. Yeah. But he barricades himself in the cellar. Ironically. Ironically. Yeah. And the house is overrun. He makes his way downstairs where he finds the body of Helen and Cooper. Cooper's eyes open and he slowly lurches up. But Ben makes short work of him, shoots him right in the head. He shoots him more than he needed to. Yeah. <laughs> he still was frustrated. Yeah, he, he was, was a yeah. little mad. I'm like, yeah, fuck Cooper. You I get it. He was such an asshole. He really was. Or he shot him because he was like, you're right. I'm fucking in the cellar. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> you <laughs> win. You son of a bitch. You win, Cooper. But Helen's eye is open. He's like, I just dealt with one. Yeah. <laughs> Give and me a break. He has the common courtesy to shoot her once, just once, and puts her back to sleep. And so he crouches in the corner holding the rifle, as you had said, in the exact position he did not yep. want to be in. Mm-hmm. So the next morning, we get some exterior shots of the farmhouse and the surrounding area. It's oddly quiet after all the events from the previous night. We then see a helicopter. It's making its way across the sky to the sounds of some birds chirping. In an overhead view, we see Sheriff McClellan's posse patrolling the area, but then the helicopter lands and we see the police are readying a K-9 unit as McClellan kind of gathers up his group to go investigate one final house. I wonder what that house is going to be. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) So the dogs bark as the posse approaches the farmhouse, which wakes Ben up. He then hears gunshots of the police taking care of the remaining zombies in the area 
and he hears sirens and he realizes it's the rescue he's been waiting for. He kind of cautiously makes his way up to the stairs. He goes, he removes the barricade and the cellar door. And then we see McClellan and his men waste some more of the zombies. And they're instructed by the sheriff to make a bonfire. So Ben makes... A barn fire. A barn? Is that what he says? That's what he said. Oh, God. He's like... (laughs) No, it's bad. (laughs) I didn't catch that at all. But Ben makes his way out of the cellar and he surveys the damage to the house. And he readies his rifle and he slowly walks to a window. The men see Ben, and McClellan calmly instructs them to aim for the head and hit Ben right between the eyes, which they do, killing him instantly. We then see still photographs of the men as they enter the house, readying hooks, sinking them into Ben's flesh, and dragging him into the bonfire as it rages, and the credits roll. On a grander scale, we have a black man mm-hmm. who's just trying to be great. Yeah. Killed at the knee-jerk reaction of some white dudes with guns. I feel it's, like it's making statements that it wasn't even trying to no, make. No, because this was not written with race in mind. No. But the images you see on the screen, no joke, watching this movie again for this episode and then seeing the still photographs of them taking Ben to the bonfire, it affected me emotionally more than I expected no, it to. No, it's a lot. And it really reminded me of some real shit that went down in history. And it's very reminiscent of current situations. Yeah. It only speaks to the power of the movie that it's still, even if the it was accidental maintain such cultural relevance through those images and you get it's such a tease that it's like oh man like everybody fucking died but ben made it yeah and he was supposed to be the hero now i did want to read this quote that i found from Dwayne jones because it was his idea because after they cast him they were like hey we should change the ending to where ben lives but Dwayne jones says quote I convinced George that the black community would rather see me dead than saved after all that had gone on in a corny and symbolically confusing way. The heroes never die in American movies. The jolt of that and the double jolt of the hero being black seemed like a double-barreled whammy. And he's fucking 100% right. And I mean, for the last half of this movie, we've been like conditioned to the point where it's like, these people can die with no warning, they are not even bad. Like Tom and Judy were no, not bad. No, they were good people. Helen was not bad. Karen was a child. Cooper was a dick. Cooper was a dick and Barbara <laughs> was useless. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, these people, like we're at a level right now that these people can be taken out with no warning. We're still not prepared when it right. happens to Ben. No. it it And the way that it's done is it's so quick and it's nonchalant. And it is. It's like, did that? Yeah. And you don't even have time to even realize that it did. But as is customary, I have to ask, what did you think of Night of the Living Dead? As a movie, if I'm just because I know it's the like the main starting zombies and everything or like, you know, everything came from there. Mm -hmm. So I can't be too harsh on it because I do. I did like it as a movie, but me being me and having to watch the movie for what it is there's a lot of you know what i mean there's, there's yeah. a lot no, there of is shit stuff. in there there is but it's great i i enjoyed the movie a lot i thought it was good and i i was upset 
that he died at the end because yeah. I felt like there was enough time for him to be like, hey, I'm still alive or whatever. <laughs> but I, can't, I mean, and uh, what I did like was, like you said, the stills at the end of all the pictures, yeah. the way they did it is kind of like followed to ending the story. And uh, I was like, that's actually really cool. I was no, like, yeah. Because it's showing, look, he died. He He's a zombie. He's just he's like everybody else. They're going to just wipe. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're trying to kill anything that they think is a zombie, which really sucks because he wasn't a zombie. <laughs> no. But, you know, but I did. I thought it was a good movie. Yeah. I thought, yeah. I was, like I said, this was uh, pretty much a fresh take because I hadn't, mm-hmm. I don't remember any of it. But I enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. I really liked it. I I mean, it's hard to just look at it by itself because it is itself and really everything that came after it. So it's right. like you have to give it points for trailblazing in that way. You have to give it points for an original story. You mm-hmm. have to give it points for as many times as it shocked you. Um, I mean, the this movie had balls. Like, yes. I don't know how else to put it no i can't imagine how they in 1968 came up with this idea and were able to run with it yeah and were able to get such a wide release for it yeah i did we watched horror noir yes and they spoke about george romero and i believe john russo in a car with all the film going to new york city trying to get anybody who had any desire to show the film to show the film. But as they were driving with the film in the back of the car on the radio, they got word that Martin Luther King Jr. had been assassinated and they realized the power of what they had in the backseat. I mean, and if that doesn't illustrate when, yes, like, I mean, it is so like, wow, y'all did that. Like that, that's crazy. (sighs) If you really stop to think about it, their bravery, Dwayne Jones's bravery, like everybody involved. It's just this film is so much bigger than the film itself. Yes. And, and, and on a its lot own, of ways. As a film, it's a great no, film. It's great. It's not like, you know, the film's bad, but you're like, you gotta respect it for the historical. Yeah, co- no, no, it's no. a great it's a great movie. film. Not with... that it doesn't have its <laughs> no, issues. No, and it does, it does. but I, I mean, it's it's just amazing that this exists that it existed at that time and that it's still relevant now and we get to watch it and enjoy it yeah and the way that it's been built Mm -hmm. upon so that brings us to ratings and i have to go first unfortunately (laughs) so taking everything into account like we said the fact that this is a great film the fact that this pioneered an entire subgenre of horror And the fact that the historical and cultural significance of the film is basically immeasurable, but also taking into account some of the weaknesses that you can't really overlook, like the characterization of Barbara, for example. I cannot give this film a perfect 10, but I will gladly and happily give Night of the Living Dead 9.5 out of 10 ineffective gas pump keys. (laughs) I will open the floor to you. Well, I'm going to be a little harsher than that. Okay. Uh, I, like I said, I, I did enjoy the movie and I'm, you know, for what it is. And, you know, we've been saying it, it's like what started it all, but I'm going to 
rate it on just it being a movie. Right. From everything else aside, from who made it, from whatever, just as a movie, I've I really did enjoy it though. I still Good. did enjoy it. I'm glad. So I'm gonna give it an eight. What is it? Uh the keys. <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't remember. I was thinking the whole time too. I was like, like shit. I was like, man, because like I said, the movie is good, but like you said, Barbara was just. It was like, ugh. and then the guy who looks like Champ's dad from Anchorman. What's uh, oh, what's, uh Cooper. 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 Yeah. Damn, that guy was fucking. But it it was good. Mm-hmm. It was good, and and I liked a lot of the stuff they did in it. And then, like you said, for being what sixty eight, yeah, I mean, no, it was crazy. good. Yeah, unbelievable. Nay. All right, I wanted to give this film a ten just on principle for. I mean, for all the reasons that we talked about, I don't mm. really need to hash it out. <laughs> no, yeah, I know right. y'all don't want to hear everything again, but solely because of Barbara, I can't. Like, I, every other sin, I can really overlook because of everything that this movie did. Yeah, I can't overlook Barbara. Like, I feel like you were personally offended. I was personally, that felt like a personal attack. She was. I was angry watching it because then you're like, okay, at the end, she's going to redeem her. No, she, no. She goes out like a punk. She relies on this strange man that she doesn't even know, which Ben is the shit, but she doesn't know that. No. Yeah. Anyway, and I don't... I thought she was going to whenever she yes, saved Helen. I was yes. like, oh shit, here it comes. Here she is. Yes. No. Um, no. It, I feel like it was just another damsel in distress trope cranked up to fucking 11. Yeah, like, <laughs> it was pretty bad. It's, yeah. it's egregious. I can't, like, I can't forgive it. All that being said... Solely for Barbara, <laughs> instead of 10, I'm giving Night of Living Dead 9 out of 10 ineffective gas pump keys. I respect all of these scores. <laughs> but I will say, if you have not seen this film, this is one of very few films that you must see. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. For what it is, for what it did for yeah. horror. No, yeah. Do yourself a favor, check this movie out. Like we talked about on the Haunt episode, it's literally available everywhere because yes. of that <laughs> yeah. copyright mistake. So there's no excuse. Please go watch the film. You will enjoy it. Well, it's all from us at Pod Mortem. What would you rate Night of the Living Dead and what should we watch next? Let us know on Twitter at the Pod Mortem. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. Be sure to follow each of us on Twitter at TravisMWH, at Blood and Smoke, and at RealStreeter84. Remember, in the face of crisis, zombie or otherwise, don't lose your head. Until next time. Mm-hmm.